Hello again and welcome everybody to the Formula Fun Podcast. Today I, Matt, your host, am really excited, legitimately, to introduce you to another in a series of podcasts by the Formula Fun Podcast. This one is designed to introduce you to each individual team, team by team. This is the Meet the Team series. So we will learn the most important members of the team. We will learn a little bit of the history of every team on the grid so that you know a little bit better about who is racing whom. Just again, to give you a little bit more insight into the sport, nothing special. We're going to start today with the top with Mercedes, and we're going to work episode by episode all the way down. If that sounds interesting to you, stick around. Mercedes AMG Patronus F1 team has their origin all the way back in the 1930s. That's right. The Mercedes team as we know it today began racing in Grand Prix racing as in the highest prize of motorsport in the 1930s in Germany as what we know them still today as I, w- I hesitated a little bit on that because they have new liveries, but they were known as the Silver Arrows as far back as the 1930s. So a little bit about that nomenclature and about their history first. Okay, so paint weighs something. And... For cars to be painted, you're doing something to the car to give it a little bit of identity, to give it maybe even a national identity. In the case of red for Italy or white for Japan, black for the United States, things like that. Colors represent very important things in motor racing, and that's not to be discounted or overlooked. However, for the German team in the 1930s they discovered very quickly that it was just faster and more efficient which is perhaps a very german thing for their car to just not have paint and so they scrubbed it of the paint and what was left was very shiny metal which is silver so their car was not only very competitive and difficult to beat it was also silver and so they became known as the silver arrows which is something you will still hear the Mercedes team refer to as today, with the small caveat that their car is black as of this weekend. So we'll come back to that. In the 1930s, the Mercedes team was already competing in motor racing, in Grand Prix motor racing. In 1954, the team joined Formula One. Uh, Formula One began in 1950, and Mercedes joined the sport in 1954. Now, one of the most uh, critical points in the history of Mercedes Formula One uh, background 
is the Le Mans disaster of 1955. Okay, now we have to understand this a little bit to, to understand a little bit of, of, of Formula One's, or sorry, of, 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 of Mercedes' participation in the sport. So on, on the 11th of June in 1955 at uh, Circuit de la Sorte, which is the, the same circuit used today with minor variations or major variations in some cases for the 24 hours of Le Mans, uh, a, a, a huge and, and a catastrophic uh, a disaster occurred, wreck occurred, in which, um, long story short, a, a Mercedes was involved. 83 spectators were killed. So basically a car went crashing into the stands and it killed 83 people. It injured nearly 200 more people and it was the, and still today is, the greatest disaster in motorsports history. So when that happened down the pit straight at Le Mans Circuit de la Salle in 1955, Mercedes decided... And, and I don't know the ins and outs of this decision, but I just know that motor racing was just not worth it to them. And that really goes to show that they had already been in the sport for 20-something years. They had dominated for a long time, really wanted to kind of continue to cement their place among the major competitors in the sport. But this disaster had them out of the sport for 40 years. Years they did not return to Grand Prix, Grand Prix racing until 1994. So, real brief back history of the Mercedes Formula One team. They began competing in Grand Prix racing in the 1930s. They joined Formula One in 1954. In 1955, there is a horrible, horrible disaster at Le Mans, including a Mercedes car killing 83 spectators and injuring nearly 200 more. That prompts Mercedes to leave the sport. They finally return, but not to Formula One, to Grand Prix Racing in 1994, and the rest, so to speak, is history. We fast forward to 2010. Now, this is the first year of the official Mercedes team on the grid in Formula One 2010. Now, it's worth understanding, to some extent, the history of the Formula One, the Formula One history of the Mercedes team, I should say. Because most teams in Formula One are just teams that have been taken over by teams that have been taken over by teams that have been taken over by teams. Occasionally, you have a team that just enters the sport, like Haas. You know, that just says, we have enough money, we're entering the sport, etc. Most of the time, you have a team that takes over a team, that buys a team, that buys a team, that buys a team. That's the case with Mercedes. And in this case, they really are kind of the end result of a lot of successful teams. So we have going all the way back to the 1970s, the Tyrrell team based in Brackley, where Mercedes is still based today. So they have the same offices, same team facilities and everything. 
Tiro, raced from 1970 to 1998, was successful. Three or so drivers' championships, one or two constructors' championships. Jackie Stewart raced for Tiro. Very successful team. I mean, even just to read you those dates to race from 1970 to 1998, almost 30 years, goes to show how much of a staple they were in Formula One. They left Formula One in 1998 and were bought by British American Racing, BAR. BAR lasted in the sport from 1999 to 2005. Again, some degree of success, at which point they were taken over by Honda. Honda lasted just two years. This is when things get really intriguing, because Ross Braun, who we know now as critical to the success of F1, takes over Honda and creates his own team, Braun GP. It has no sponsors. He just basically buys the team. They show up to the very first race in Australia. They qualify first and second, and then they finish first and second. And so all of a sudden, Braun GP proves that there's something about this Honda car from 2008 that transferred into 2009, and they're extremely successful. Now, they win the championship that year with Jensen Button, Braun GP, in 2009. But they're gone. And in 2010, we have Mercedes on the grid for the first time who had bought Braun GP. So a brief history again goes Tyrrell, BAR, Honda, Braun GP, Mercedes. In a way, Formula One is interesting because these are all one team. They've all had one facility. They've all had one headquarters, and they've all kind of evolved from each other. Now, that's not really the way you would think of it. Of course, Tyrrell and Braun and Mercedes are not the same team, but they've evolved out of one another, and that's an interesting thing about Formula One that you would really kind of don't get in other sports. So with that being said, we can conclude a little bit of the history of the Mercedes AMG Patronus F1 team, and that brings us to the modern era in 2014, where all of a sudden in the new engine regulations, Mercedes seems to be completely and completely dominant. My goal here is not to persuade you to be a fan of any team or not a fan of any team. It's simply just to give you the facts about who they are and how they operate. So with that being said, I will tell you the following. Mercedes base, once again, is in Brackley in the United Kingdom. They are a United Kingdom-based team, although they race under a German license. They are technically a German team with a home base in the United Kingdom. Their team boss is Toto Wolf. Toto Wolf. An Austrian investor, entrepreneur, who has made his way through the ranks of Formula One ownership to prove with his six consecutive world titles, double drivers and constructors championships, that he has everything necessary in his toolkit to be a perfectly capable team boss 
and perhaps maybe one of the most successful team principals or team bosses in the history of the sport. His technical chief's name is James Allison, um, also very well known and respected because of the success he has garnered at Mercedes. Their car is called the W11. Every year they just basically add a number to their car. So last year their car was called the W10, before that the W09, this year it's the W11. They have now going into the season won six consecutive world championships, drivers and constructors. So it's worth understanding, and this is part of the reason why I started with Mercedes, is that they are a completely dominant team. The technical chief, James Allison, they're a boss, Totovov. Their engines, everything about their team is finely, finely tuned and processed, and they have the whole system dialed to a science where they are incredibly hard to beat. That is the first thing you have to understand about Mercedes. They are the fastest team on the grid. They are the most difficult team to beat on the grid. They make the fewest mistakes out of every team on the grid. They just seem to manage the behavior of their teammates and their personnel better than anyone on the grid. And it shows. You know, when they're faced with a challenge, they overcome it better than anyone on the grid. It really is like a psychological experiment going on at Mercedes at this point because of how good and how dominant they are at this sport. Now, that being said, I don't want this to drag on forever. I want to talk to you a little bit about the drivers. Each team has two drivers. They have two cars. So 10 teams, two cars each. Each team has two drivers. Now, Mercedes has one driver in particular that is just phenomenally famous in F1 circles. His name is Lewis Hamilton. He is, you may have heard of him. <laughs> I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, there's an extremely good chance you've heard of Lewis Hamilton. He is a six-time world champion. He's from the United Kingdom. He has a record for most podiums, most poles. He's close to most wins, beating Michael Schumacher. This is probably, Lewis is probably, arguably, the greatest Formula One driver of all time. Now that's a discussion for a different podcast, but just know that on top of Mercedes' dominance, on top of their engine dominance, their engineering dominance, their team personnel dominance, their psychological dominance, they have the best racing driver probably in the history of the sport. Lewis is from Stevenage in the UK. He comes from perhaps a more modest background than most drivers do in the in 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 Formula One, which is worth mentioning, I believe, because not only is Lewis a minority in the sense that he's um, African British, he's black, 
he's 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 a minority in the sense that he had to come from um a much more modest background to enter formula 1 and so i think it's worth for just a minute talking about how that makes such a huge difference when you're fighting like lewis as a kid against thousands and thousands hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people for the top spot you're just simply going to be more finely polished than someone who fights against only the sons of race drivers, for example. Now, I'm not saying those people aren't also extremely polished and they're not extremely good, but we just see, and this is part of what Lewis Hamilton is on about, about diversity and how important it is, that with the more diverse selection of, you, of candidates you have, the more... Um, the selection process finds the best candidate. And so in this case, Lewis has clearly shown he's the best. Now, is that because it's just a freak accident? He's the best? Or is it because he had to be, you know, he was, he was weeded out. You know, he was selected by the natural competition of the sport. So... Lewis Hamilton is one of the drivers at Mercedes-AMG Petronas Formula One. The other driver's name is Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas. He's from Finland. Valtteri Bottas is how you would say his name if you're not from Finland. Um, he has finished on the podium 46 times. He's, he's won eight times. He's a very good driver and strong and fast and can challenge Lewis on his day. But one thing to understand about Valtteri Bottas is that he is um, unequivocally a second driver. He is the backup driver to Lewis. And that's just the way we understand it at, at, at Mercedes at this point. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed of at that. A lot of teams operate that way where they have a clear number one driver and they have a clear number two driver. Valtteri is just kind of a clear number two driver. Now, does that mean he's bad? No, he's not bad. Does that mean he's slow? He's not slow. Does that mean he can't win the world championship this year? No, he can. He could pull off a 2016 when Nico Rosberg beat Lewis Hamilton the champion to the championship. So... He's already won one race this year. <laughs> we'll go from there. So, again, to wrap up, I just want to make sure during this series, and I'm kind of spitballing it as I go, so I hope you'll work with me, and I hope this will make sense, and I hope that, you know, this wasn't too rambly and just blah, 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 but I hope that by the end of this episode, you get some idea of who... Mercedes is you know theoretically they have a history going back to 1970s in the sport if you want to be even more acute than that they have a history going back to the 1950s in Formula One and the 1930s in Grand Prix motor racing they're called the silver arrows because they used to not paint their car leave their car um, metallic for aerodynamic and weight purposes their team boss and technical chief are some of the high, most highly respected people in the game Absolutely. Their car right now is so much better than other cars. It might be challenged by things like heat efficiency or some small challenges that other cars also face, but that hasn't stopped them from winning six back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back world championships, drivers, and constructors. 
with a pair of Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas. So this is, quite briefly, an introduction. I was going to say an interview. That's not even a word. An introduction to the Mercedes-AMG Patronus F1 team. Stay tuned because we're going to continue this series. We're going to go on and on. We're going to do Red Bull next and then Ferrari and then on and on down the grid. Don't forget, please don't forget that if you liked this and if you stuck with me to the end, you listened to the whole show, God bless you, then please give us a subscription. Give us a like. Give us a rating. Five stars, preferably. Follow us on Instagram, Formula Fun Pod. Follow us on Twitter, Twitter, Formula Fun Pod. All those things really do matter. If you're a podcast guy like I am, you know that this is the point in the podcast where people say stuff like that. Give us a subscription, smash that like button, follow us on Instagram. It is actually really important that you do those things. So if you have spent the last 22 or so minutes listening to this, spend another like one and a half and just like it. Subscribe. Until then, keep it flat out.